everybody, we hope you understand that this episode will contain spoilers. And while we do encourage you to watch these movies prior to listening to our podcast, be aware that we will look to make some important discoveries such as Soul and Green is made of guava. What's in the box? A small mouse wearing a hat. Kaiser Soze is actually a delicious Austrian bread. John Wick is overrated. That's not even a spoiler, alright? I'll that fight you. can go to hell. Welcome listeners. Today I want to pay makeup artists with the one thing that matters most. Exposure. Friends, it's not easy to be a makeup artist in this age of high definition cameras. I mean it cannot be easy to constantly make sure Vin Diesel's forehead isn't glistening like a disco ball. I can't even imagine the amount of hours it probably takes to make Ron Perlman not look old on a regular basis. And not only do you have to make people look pretty, but sometimes you have to put a wig on the baldest baby's ass head of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and actually make it believable. Other times, the studio also throws you a curveball by casting a white dude as Othello or Mike Myers as a Swami, I guess. And I only pray that you don't have to be out of shoot with Tyler Perry as a star. And hopefully you survive it. So listeners, next time you're having one of those dreams about Steve Buscemi, just remember who it was that made that dream possible for you. And folks, with that, let's get this episode of Exposition underway. Man, for a minute there, I thought you were going to go for, like, indecent exposure. And I was like, this is going to be a weird beginning. Well, <laughs> well, Jan, we're not here to talk about indecent exposure. We're here to talk about indecent exposure today. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Aha, you get it? You get yeah. it? People will get it soon. I hope <laughs> they get it soon. I just introduced you right now. This is a man from Parts Unknown with an MMA in film studies. No, that was not an error on my part. Yanni V, how you doing, Yan? Oh, don't call me Yanni. Oh, you're um, you're definitely Yanni V from now on. <laughs> I'm good. I uh, just got back from Sydney, which was pretty cool because I just saw a documentary about it called X Men Apocalypse, and apparently Sydney gets fucked up. <laughs> so glad I moved away from there. Well, have you watched the sequel, Independence Day Resurgence? Oh no, I haven't. No, okay. I just assume get, I assume get, Sydney gets fucked up in that too. <laughs> Maybe off screen. <laughs> I obviously am your host for this week. Once again, I am the man who puts the ass in class. It's Rakushas. You're not going to ask me how I'm doing? What you did there. <laughs> oh. you're, you're a great fan. Yeah, I need to ask me how I'm doing. Nope. What if, what if well, I, I assume you're doing fine. What if I, mean, I were down in the dumps? You don't know that. I mean, I guess. But, I mean, we saw each other like three days ago. You seem pretty all right. Did we know? Or was that somebody else? It I mean, I don't know. You, I mean, you, you were in Australia for a while. You could have just had a doppelganger you found there. And then like, they just sent him. Totally true. And I also like that I uh, showed up at a bar for Game 7 of the NBA Finals and just had no idea. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that was. Thanks for crazy. that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of find it interesting that like you lived, you've lived in a couple of like hardcore sporting towns of Toronto and Sydney and you're not a sports guy. But, hey, man, that's life, you know? I also lived in Edmonton, and they love their eskies. Yeah, I... still didn't get into football. I still remember when I thought you kept living in Winnipeg, only because I wanted to keep making the Winnipeg leg joke. But <laughs> you can't win them all sometimes, you know? But, hey, you know what? Let's get to the movies. Yeah. You know, we got a couple of interesting films today, I think. Yeah. Let's start... Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I'll Listen. stop. Unlike the tagline for this first movie, we actually have two, I guess. I don't know. I was trying to tie them in together. Uh, I'm talking about Highlander with the tagline, there can be only one. You get it? Because we got two. I get it. <laughs> so there, there doesn't only need to be one, you know? I like that they kept saying that. I, I, I do this thing where Arrested Development actually has trained me to do this, where they have the line um, in Arrested Development where there's, uh, I think, Michael says the words Arrested Development and uh, Ron right. Howard <laughs> when the voiceover goes, that's the name of the show. <laughs> and I do that every time I hear the name of a show or a movie in that show or movie. And so like like the three or four times in this film, I was like, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also, I mean, okay, so Highlander, best creepy movie ever? Oh man, that was like... <laughs> Um, I, I think it's the best creepy movie ever, Jan. I mean... It's such a weird movie. Like, 
it it opens and I'm just like, oh sweet, I'm watching Jock Rock the movie. And it's just like wrestling right at the beginning. And then all of a sudden there's like a sword fight in a garage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sword way. fight in the garage with backflips in the director's cut. Um and <laughs> like it's this very classy looking middle-aged white dude, I guess. Yeah. And with, like, like with a rapier. Yeah. And, then, and like a crazy ass, nice looking like suit, I guess. And then a weird trench coat guy shows up and just like pulls a samurai sword out of his coat. Now, and he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm just saying, you've never watched this. If you've never watched this movie before, you've never seen any posters for it. You know, you're just like, I have no idea what the fuck Highlander is. Well, first off, congratulations from getting out under from under a rock. <laughs> Second off, if you see this dude fully buttoned up in a trench coat with like these crisp white shoes, you think he's the bad guy. He's got like a five o'clock shadow and everything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like he looks like a public masturbator. Like yeah, they they really don't set that up. They, I thought, they don't. Like, I, I the way they sort they shoot it, like all the close ups and stuff, you kind of assume that he's going to be the uh, the protagonist, but they don't really say anything about it. And then like he cuts a dude up in a garage, and they still don't really say anything about it. Yeah. So like the first like twenty minutes, half hour of the movie, you're just like, I guess I'm rooting for this guy. I mean, he's gotten a lot of FaceTime, so may as well. You know what, Ian? I want to <laughs> I want to do this right off the bat. We just call this one of the creepiest, best creepy movie ever, movies ever. Let's make yeah. a segment out of this. Okay. I want you to make a porn parody out of this film. Uh, but, oh dear. Um, I just guess... just so our listeners know, I told Ian we're gonna do a segment <laughs> in the middle of this. I just didn't tell him what it was yeah. gonna be. So I'm extremely curious to hear just how creepy Jan's mind is as well because like the, is... the porn parody version. Yeah. Which I guess I guess has to start with a public masturbator. Someone just right? jerking in the garage, and then like... all of a sudden, like a fancy guy. I guess it would have. Oh, it's gonna be a, like a weird or confusing movie for people then. Because <laughs> then I guess you also have parody. to have. Like Sean Connery's character show up, and like he's got to make out with uh, Christopher Lambert's character, the Highlander. Like that's definitely got to happen, because they already have that vibe in the movie. And you're just like, uh, oh, okay, are you sure they're just friends? So, <laughs> dude shows up with like a poofy red suit with one like pearl earring, and he then he's like suddenly palling around with this like big beefy Scottish guy, and you're hey, wearing hey, a kilt like hey. a. Okay. Call that peacock, call that peacock suit, whatever you want. It's not a museum somewhere, you know. So show it some respect. Is it actually? Yeah, apparently it actually is. Um, wow. Yeah. Back to your idea of a parody. Let, yeah. let me add something to this. All right. I think it's just like a competition of who can last the longest out of all the public masturbators, like in New York <laughs> City or something. I, I think that's probably like the best way to go about this stuff. I mean, they're already pretty ready with like the outfits for it. I mean, people are going to be really confused at first because it's going to be like the public masturbator, and then a fancy dude in a shoot in a suit is going to show up, and like they've they've definitely got to have sex, right? But then it'll switch to Scotland, like centuries ago, and then there'll just be like really, really. I mean, this this part is good because it gives me an excuse to throw in tons and tons of really attractive Scottish women, which is totally my thing. Right. Right. And then it's like switchbacks to the and then and then they have like to, to all the Scottish women listening out there. Um, Jan just you know put out a uh, <laughs> call for you ladies, I guess. Yeah, and let me tell you, ladies, I am living with my parents, so clearly I am a catch. Ladies, let me tell you, if you thought Christopher <laughs> Lambert was creepy, wait till you meet this guy. Oh yeah, it's just a mess. Oh, it's it's totally a mess. I mean, this guy's got like a beard as well. Like you know, I mean, yeah, he just. His hair is, like, all over the place. Hey, you leave my beard out of this. I keep it very neatly trimmed. Yeah, so does apparently Christopher <laughs> Lambert, except he has a 5 o'clock shadow everywhere he goes. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. This, this is part of his Highlander powers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing you can add to, like, the parody, it's, like, every time they meet another immortal person, like, instead of the sparks flying out of the swords... There's just like an instant connection and it's like invisible sparks between them. So like that's how you know it's an immortal, I guess. <laughs> so at, at points it becomes like a weirdly like tender sensual movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In know, between and... all like the public masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it is it is the true love. And of, let me t- it let is me the t- true love of the creeps that will bring out the public masturbation. And, and let me tell you, in my mind, in this movie, 
for all the different scenes that it has, there is a lot of public masturbation. Yeah, and it's not it's not good. It's weird public masturbation. I'll, I'll tell you because one of the other dudes that has to is the um the guy who plays the bad guy, uh, Clancy Brown, Victor Kruger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is, by the way, a fantastic name for a villain, and that's what I love the '80s for. They had some <laughs> fantastic villain names. Yeah, I'm just saying it. It is actually a very multicultural film as well. You know, you have, uh, like Sean Connery playing a Spanish dude who doesn't know what haggis is, or maybe he's like Egyptian. But then, like, there's a scene where he's talking about my country is fixed your speech or whatever, and yeah, it's just I... like, wait, what country are you like? What are you talking about? Like, I, I've totally lost track of this now. You know, and he's got, like, this weird, like, face-painted tan on, like, a spray tan can. Like, I'm kind of curious how many of those they went through. Uh, then there's, like, a U.S.-born Geneva-raised French dude in Christopher Lambert who's playing a Scotsman. And, like, the producers had no idea that Christopher Lambert actually could not speak proper English before he signed the contract. And, they're like, it's very multicultural, man. And then there's, like... This deleted scene with uh, an Asian character whose name is Young Doll Kim. And uh, that scene's lost forever. But you know what? Because we're making the parody, you can actually reimagine that scene. And, you know, you actually give the fans what they've wanted for years, which is an Asian Highlander. And it's it's a very tender scene, too. It's a very, very Followed by scene. really weird public masturbation. Yes, absolutely. It's actually between him and Victor Kruger. Um, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a contest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, man, I think it's just a competitive public masturbation contest metaphor, you know? Like, who can last the longest? Because, like, think about it like this as well. Every time they behead a dude, what happens? Like, they yell at, like, the top of their voices, and, like, they're just kind of, like, floating in air and stuff. Like, tell me it's not what it is come on <laughs> um yeah actually because I, I should point out that rikush sent me into this blind i just had no idea what i was getting myself into so <laughs> listeners listeners i was a little bit offended by this somehow yan had never watched highlander before this episode so um that's the thing there are people who have never watched highlander before so yan you can, are the one i'm congratulating on getting out from under a rock yeah i'm sorry you know? <laughs> no, no, apologies don't count. You just have to watch the show but, and the other two films now for the Highlander as well. But okay, so like my first or actually one of many, many questions I have about this movie is like what what are what are Highlander powers? So yeah, okay. Is there a definitive list of them? Or so is let's, it let's explain what this movie is as well, just real quick. Uh, yeah, the tagline yeah. suggests there can be only one. What does that mean? Uh there's a group of immortals. Um Nothing's explained about where the powers come from, at least in this film. And uh, nothing's really explained aside from, like, Sean Connery yelling out, it's the quickening or whatever. I hope that was a good Sean Connery. Uh, probably wasn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, whatever. Continue. Y'all are just haters, I guess. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, the, the idea is each immortal has to try and behead the other immortal because there can be only one. And uh, the idea is whenever there was only a small group left, they would all gather in New York city, I guess, because New York city, since the dawn of time was probably like the best place to get. I don't know. Like it's 1980s Hollywood, like fucking everything was set in New York back in the day, I guess that's like, you know, whatever that's Hollywood itself. So you know, Connor McCloud, our protagonist here, uh, kind of like he's shown in different points in history, including like his origin story, I guess. And uh, then you have Victor Kruger, who's apparently been hunting him for a while. You have Sean Connery. I don't care if you guys hate that accent. Uh, <laughs> Sean we'll Connery. Play, yeah. Again and again. <laughs> What's Sean Connery's name in this? I forget. Sean Connery plays Juan Sanchez via Lobos Ramirez. Yes. Yes. That's the one. <laughs> See, I, I got He's apparently shit. Egyptian. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and apparently he doesn't know what haggis is. Like, get the fuck out of here, Sean Connery. You know what haggis is. Scottish accent guy doesn't know what haggis is. Fucking liar. Get out of here. See, it's, like, totally creepy, man. Like, how does Sean Connery not know haggis? Like, don't lie to your people, you know? And I don't get why they didn't just make him Scottish. Like, because, especially since all of the Highlander background stuff yeah. is centered on Scotland. Like, why wouldn't... It, it's perfectly natural for just another Scottish guy to be there and know something about this. Like, why, why make that weird decision? Yeah, it's just, like, this really 
I don't know. It, it's interesting. I mean, hey, we got Sean Connery in the movie in some capacity, which is pretty great in and of itself. Um, I, there's actually a lot of things about this movie that I feel like are just like they fell into luck. Sean Connery is definitely one of them. Um, he was only on set for, like seven days, apparently. And like <laughs> they just had to like rush through his scenes, I guess. Uh, if he couldn't find those seven days, this I don't think this movie is as good. Like Sean Connery for the weirdly like stereotypical like Hollywood thing of like just painting a white actor a different color. Yeah, that was like bad. you know, ignoring that stuff, he's okay in it, I guess. Like you know, he does what he's supposed to. Uh, he's yeah. got like a dead Japanese wife in it who happens to be the daughter of like Masamune, I guess, uh, the swordsman and yeah. like. Which, which does explain the, the sword. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of record. Dead, yeah. It's still weird, <laughs> but they, they bother to explain it, which is good. I guess. Yeah. It's like the one thing they bother to explain about this film. Cause there are a couple of other things that really aren't like, again, what is the quickening? You know, I had to literally Wikipedia what a quickening was. It's actually a term that's used during pregnancy for something. And, like, it makes sense, like, you know, but... <laughs> and it beats having people yell out periodically, THE PREGNANCY! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like Sean Connery would be pretty scared if he heard the term pregnancy, so I'm not sure he could have actually made it, like, you know, very enthusiastic or anything like that. Was Okay, so, going back to the plot of the movie... Yes. Um, do they ever fully explain what people are achieving? Like, what, what the the goal i mean i get that no. there can be only one like that's a cool thing yeah. that their their club can do young, but young, do they ever actually explain what that like, there can only be one all right just just leave it but, at that like what's, what's wrong? no i want to know like and like they're immortals somehow but they're immortals plural so i get like i guess like deification maybe is so goal, okay okay it, it, um, it doesn't it's not clear it sort of fits. Okay, so that, that, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess, for uh, people who somehow again haven't watched this film. I guess there might be a lot of people out there. I'm not sure. Or the TV series. Well, the TV series I personally think is better than the movie, but that's a conversation for a different day, I guess. Uh, just to stick with this movie a little bit, they do explain at the end that the quickening is sort of like an omnipresent feeling i guess like you know everything you know what everyone's feeling and things like that it's this yeah. very w vague kind of like you know all-knowing power i guess but i guess that is kind of what it is um there was actually supposed to be a little bit more to the ending uh based on like the original ideas i guess uh once Connor mcleod defeated victor kruger which spoiler alert you know an 80s action film has a good guy winning in it that's you know whatever um yeah, once he defeats Victor Kruger, there's supposed to be like a dragon that comes out and he's supposed to fight like a dragon, which with 80s animation would have been the fucking greatest thing ever, right? <laughs> but I mean, I guess they didn't even have enough budget to hide the wires whenever like dudes were floating. So, because um, in my mind now, I'm picturing him fighting a dragon, but the dragon is done like in the same cartoon style as Yogi Bear. Oh, that. Oh, my God. <laughs> done by Hanna Barbera? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hanna Barbera's Highlander would be fantastic. I I sign me up for that right now. So ready for that. Oh my god. I, I look, I mean, it sounds like we don't like this movie. I just want to be the first one out there to say I fucking love this film. Um for its weird like singular homophobic moment in it, um weird sort of like casting. Uh, it is an 80s action film, I guess. So, you know, there's a little bit of that that you always have to brace for when you go into these kind of films. So, you know, take that, obviously, for what it's worth. Like, if you're not comfortable with watching that, understandable, right? Like, you know, it's and, it, and it's to, not something everyone's going to be comfortable with. But, yeah, like, what, what were you going to say on? Sorry. Uh, to, to explain the, the homophobic moment thing more, because it was doing, well... I won't say it was doing so, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was doing but interesting it was, at the moment, where okay, it's like it has but, your attention. But no one was like just constantly with like the homophobic slurs. But then like this one guy out of nowhere just starts like yelling stuff at the Highlander, and you're just like, whoa, whoa, where did that come from? It, yeah, and it's, well, it's like completely out of place in the rest of the movie. It is like even for an '80s film, like I mean, yeah. we have the context of obviously like the last thirty years of this movie, right? Like that's why we understand that. I guess in '85 it wasn't that big a deal to say that, which doesn't make it any better. Um, 
maybe that's why they didn't add the context in there is because they didn't understand that a word like that it's the f word being used in that context would actually be offensive and not having that education or that knowledge that like you know there is a problem with that is probably what it was but it doesn't make it any less like whoa what the fuck when you watch it 30 years down the road and like that's also kind of like part of a greater problem i have with this film which i again i love this movie i have some issues with it um it hasn't aged well (laughs) yeah especially the um the things that were the most jarring for me and the most like wow okay i guess we're doing this um is well one of them was sean connery um the other i mean the 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 homophobic slur part like that was weird but uh for some reason i don't know it was just sort of like it was such an odd moment that yeah like and it was such a singular moment that i was kind of like wow that was crazy yeah. weird but i guess they're back to the regular movie now but the other thing that, <laughs> that really stood out for me is they had a super 80s villain oh dude this victor is like kruger. one of the most 80s things i've ever seen victor kruger <laughs> is fantastic all right so for some reason his fashion sense is like the only one that turns into like this prototypical 80s punk rocker thing i guess and he's got like staples where he's got like a scar on his neck uh, the staples are a great touch to his entire like motif, by the way. Uh, safety um, pins, right? Yeah. Safety pins, and I, part yeah. Of thing. Right. I also kind of wanted to just take a moment to say that aside from the creepy trench coat and like the crisp, crisp, pristine wide shoes that Connor McLeod wore, I really thought the costumes in this film for everybody else were fantastic. Like you, yeah. when the period pieces were happening and you see Victor Kruger, like the Kurgan uh, and in, like the very first scene, he's got this fantastic ominous looking sort of like olden armor. Right. And it's just, it's really, really great looking. And like, it totally like you see a guy like that in a movie and you know, Oh, this dude's the bad guy. Like he's probably going to fuck some shit up before the bad, like he, the good guy's got to take this guy out sort of thing. And it was really well done. Um, Sean Connery's uh, peacock costume, as we mentioned, is now in a museum somewhere. Uh, yeah poor poor museum (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean like credit to james atchison uh he's actually won three oscars for costume design including one for the last emperor which was like in 1987 and uh lois who did like the costume uh sorry the makeup and she won an oscar for braveheart in 95 so this is kind of like a warm-up phase for her i guess pretty cool test run yeah Um, yeah i actually one i think my favorite parts of the movie taken as a whole were um all the times because they they cut back to the period pieces to explain his backstory and they cut to various points in his life so you see him living in uh ye old scotland but then you also see him like a little bit further like a little later you see uh him in world war ii and uh i i really liked those i think speaking of creepy speaking of creepy yes did you also not find it creepy that the the kid that he saves in the world war ii flashback is the same old lady that like who works as a secretary for him now and she's got like some sort of like weird crush on him and like they kiss like that that's like a really weird scene as well yeah i'm telling you man this is this is a straight up creepy film yeah it's like i don't i don't know how i feel about like this movie but it's it's like an iconic action film kind of guilty it's strange that such a weird movie has become so well known like the phrase there can only be one like i've I've known that for my entire adult life without ever having seen the highlander which is pretty impressive it's a testament yeah i mean that that's what a niche film does you know like that's that's when you get like a fan following despite like you know bad um box office results and stuff like that that's kind of what happens with this um, I'm a little surprised that it actually has semi-decent reviews online as well, because you know, like movies like these, you tend to think, oh, the reviews are going to be bad, but the like experience is going to be good and stuff as well. But yeah, like you know, it, again, there is something about this movie which is really cool. Um, we obviously have to talk about one big thing, which a lot of people know this movie for as well. Um, sometimes more than anything else, the music. Yeah. Yeah, music by Queen? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, see, okay. Did you know that the music was by Queen before watching this No, film? I didn't. I did, Because a lot of the time, the way I like watching movies is um, by going in cold and then doing my research after. Right. And then if I, 
a lot of the time what will happen is I'll be like, oh, that was really cool. And then want to go back and watch it again. So I didn't know the music was by Queen. And I was like, they jock rocked the hell out of this movie. And then music by Queen. And I was like, oh, I, I sure, I guess. <laughs> I'm also sure going in cold is going to be part of the porn parody for this film. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of trivia for the music. Um, Queen was not their first choice. Uh, If you wanted to know just how inept the producers were, uh, I I want to spend a lot of time on trivia for this film because there's a lot of cool shit about this movie. Um, First off... um, Sorry, uh, before you get into that, there's... uh... And also because we're called Explosions. Right. Uh, there's there's one there's actually two things that I wanted to mention. Um, one of them is that when the Kurgan is practicing his sword stuff in the hotel room, yeah, he looks like every image I have in my mind of a mall ninja, like <laughs> a guy who just went and bought like a twenty dollars sword at like some strip mall and then sits in his bedroom like yeah. But he, he is exactly that without like the stringy stash i think um morning just gotta have like a stringy stash but uh, uh which, which leads into the other thing <laughs> which is um all the fight scenes i or actually like all of the present day fight scenes they were kind of interesting to me and fit with the opening of the movie in that to me at least they felt like fight scenes with swords that were directed by someone who had previously direct or choreographed wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> which it, it brings this really weird thing to, because at the one part I'm like, this looks ridiculous because <laughs> they're just like wrestling moves plus a sword. So, okay. Um, but... So um, just to tie this in real quick, uh, one of the first bits of trivia that actually was supposed to be at an NHL arena, but the NHL hated the idea of showing only the violent parts of their game in the clips. So they're like, nah, fuck that. So they just decided, all right, whatever, let's just show wrestling. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um... But it, it going back to the fight scenes real quick, um, I like the final fight quite a bit. Uh, mostly because there's actually a moment in the fil- uh, in the final fight where um, it's conveniently flooded, like the rooftop is conveniently flooded just to like the brim of where the water would overflow, and uh, the Kurgan is kind of like hiding underwater, and then like it ties back nicely to an earlier scene, which was like you know Sean Connery basically drowning Connor McCloud, and then like you know telling him, hey, you can breathe underwater, and like I, I kind of like that little moment which tied in together. Because they actually put some thought into, you know, how, like, an immortal would fight, I guess. Um, So that was kind of neat. The actual sword work itself was a little janky, but what the fuck do you expect from that, I guess? Well, but the other thing I was going to say, though, is um, the fighting in a really strange way. This is going to be such a weird tie-in, but (laughs) it, in a really weird way, reminded me of the sword fighting in um, Rashomon. Huh. Because that like that movie like they have sword fighting with Japanese swords, um, but it's not people who are trained particularly well, and it's like awkward, and they don't really. It's it's none of the typical things that you would expect in a uh, out of a movie about sword fighting in Japan. Um, it's like it's this dirty sort of. They get tired really quick. Um, depending on whose version of the story you believe in the movie, like the guy ends a fight by just taking his sword and hucking it at the other guy (laughs) because he doesn't want to get close anymore. (laughs) Like it's just, it's, it's, I guess a fairly, probably a fairly realistic fight scene, but I'm just saying, hold up, hold up, hold up. I have to cut you off right there. The very first fight scene had a dude doing backflips. He just called that a realistic fight scene. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That, is that not in, how you in a, Like a mid-40s guy wearing sunglasses, a glove. I'm pretty sure he had like a top hat on or something as well. And he's doing backflips in a suit. And that's a very realistic fight scene. Yeah, I'm just saying that dude knew Shit. how to fight. I, I guess I don't know my fighting, man. Holy I mean, he cow. knew how to fight until he died. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that like Connor McClouded like the first fight after it's done. He's like... Oh, I gotta hide the sword. So he just kind of like leaves it at the crime scene. Yeah, kind of bizarre. Kind of <laughs> so bizarre. That's not a place the police would check. Yeah, the crime scene. You know, <laughs> this is this is another film where the people in power are straight up inept. Like this is going to be a pattern, and I guarantee you, in almost every film that we watch. Um, I don't, okay, you know what? I was gonna go to trivia real quick. I just want to talk about. 
again, how creepy this movie is. Um, so, okay, Carter McCloud beheads a guy, clearly stalking like the forensics lady. And he's in a creepy trench coat with a five o'clock shadow. He's wearing those white shoes, all right? What does she do? She invites him to her house. And after she finds out that he's immortal, she somehow just, like, they do it. And it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> what the um, Also, <laughs> like, what? I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because I made a very specific note um, when when they have, like, when she invites him into her apartment. Because, like, he goes in and he brings her a gift, which is like, great. That is very good um, procedure for guests. Like, right. if you're a guest at someone's house, first time being there, you bring them a present. But then he busts out a bottle of 1783 brandy. And she's just like, oh, sweet. Yeah. Like, really? You're just going to accept that? Like, <laughs> bottle of brandy that's three centuries old and you're just like, yeah, yeah it's totally normal. And, and it's also like... She, happens all the time. Yeah, and it's like super convenient that she also happens to write about swords while working as a forensics... <laughs> like, what is the connection there? Like, I mean, was she yeah, just... But... Like, was she working as a forensics agent her entire life waiting for, like, swords to pop up in New York City of all places? Like, what the fuck? Maybe she was an immortal too. Holy there shit! There can only be two. <laughs> I get it. Nice stuff. Yeah. Good, good, good shit, Jan. Thank you. Good shit. I really brought my B game. Trivia time. <laughs> this is actually the thirtieth. Like it's been almost thirty years for it. It got a four K restoration recently. We haven't seen it. I'm not sure how that's gonna look. That is uh, wildly unnecessary. I know, right? <laughs> uh, we already mentioned that Christopher Lambert barely spoke any English. Um. I want to bring this up again because it seems like a pretty evident thing when you're watching this film that a lot of it was ADR'd. And, like, I also personally, one of my favorite scenes from this entire film that wasn't one of the fight scenes was Lambert in the beginning just yelling, McLeod! And, like, the fields while they're fighting, like, the other guys. And for, like, five minutes, it's just him yelling, like, mcleod and like nobody fights him and you can just kind of like slowly hear it get a little bit more depressing (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty fucking great (laughs) (laughs) also uh that opening monologue by sean connery where he reads the text that comes up on screen recorded in a bathroom um nice yeah yeah so that's why there was an echo on it and apparently the producers didn't know that because it was all played for them over a phone so they didn't know how it sounded and i guess they just took it i guess <laughs> um we already mentioned young doll came he was supposed to be the fifth immortal in the film uh the other four being uh christopher lambert sean connery um actually sorry it would be the sixth immortal because uh clancy brown yeah clancy brown and then there's two others as well um yeah so i was talking about queen right queen wasn't their first choice to do the music for this film it was actually some 80s british band called marillion uh don't bother listening to them uh probably yeah probably for the better that it was a marillion because this (laughs) this movie's like this is one of those things where they kind of lucked into it you know because if marillion was like yeah sure we'll fucking do it i don't think this movie's any good if sean connery doesn't have those seven days off i don't think this movie's any good you know, so it's like two yeah. iconic things that just kind of fell into their lap. And even then, Queen was only supposed to do one song for this film. But apparently they liked the movie so much that they're like, yeah, fuck it. We'll just do like the entire album. Um, <laughs> Once they saw Sean Connery's costume, they were like, we are all in. <laughs> I mean, you know, and part, I mean, part, rightly, of, part of the point right, party. Yeah, rightly so. <laughs> uh so most of these songs uh if you actually want to go back and listen to it i'm sure youtube is a nice place for it but if you're the kind of person that wants to pay for that uh music you can buy uh the album called a kind of magic a line you actually hear quite a bit in highlander as well i don't think it was product placement i just want to put this out there i definitely don't think it was product placement but who fucking knows uh what's up there was also i was thinking maybe for a second that I couldn't figure out if there's there's a scene in the beginning with a in the garage where he steps on a Coke can, and I couldn't th- figure out if that was supposed to be product placement for Coke because they paid them something, or if like they got turned down by Coke and were meant like man fuck Coke, and decided to have a guy step on the can. <laughs> like Pepsi paid them to step on the can instead. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd be a great one. Yeah, I, it's no Superman as far as product placement is concerned. Let's just leave it like that. Because <laughs> holy shit, that movie or Superman two specifically, 
Oh, Lord, there is so much product placement in that film. But let's get back to Highlander. Two yeah. more bits of trivia. Um, did you know Sean Connery almost got shit, like, fucking destroyed in real life, like, almost killed in real life by Clancy Brown? Uh, it was on an Eridus take. Uh, instead of just, like, breaking through the door or whatever, like, Clancy Brown actually, like, almost slashed through Sean Connery in the take. Uh, which means that there's an alternate timeline out there where Sean Connery actually dies while filming Highlander. And he's never part of iconic films such as League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, I actually couldn't think of a worse film than that. So uh, <laughs> kudos to Sean Connery. He's been some cool shit, man. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. So, Jan, you, you mentioned that this the fight scenes in this movie had a little bit of a wrestling vibe to it. Yeah. What if I told you that Hulk Hogan once said that he was offered the role of Connor McLeod? Uh, hmm. That I mean, it, been... it would have been an easy role for him. He's already creepy in real life, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess no one knew that back then, though. Yeah. Uh, that that would be. Um... That would have been fantastic. Oh, man, would, dude. That would have been a train wreck. <laughs> no, like, I... imagine Hulk Hogan yelling out McLeod at, like, the in the beginning in the fields. Hulk Hogan wearing a kilt. Roddy Roddy Piper would have laughed his ass off if that happened. <laughs> Man, rest in peace, Roddy Piper. Uh, I'm, I'm a wrestling fan, listeners, so you know I, I will make those references every now and then. I'm not. Uh, well, you know, one of us has to be the guy who's lowbrow. It's probably me. Yeah, I mean, you're you're the creepy stalker-looking guy. <laughs> you know, I do kind of wish Hulk Hogan was Highlander in this case, because if he was Highlander... We haven't had two movies today with wrestlers as the stars in their films. Is that is that is that a segue? Yes, it is. Boom! Oh shit! <laughs> Look at that. We're two weeks in, and we already Nailed got the segues it. down. I love it. I love myself. Told you. Put the oh. ass in class. <laughs> All right, second movie. You want to talk about it? Uh, sure. Hercules. Okay. Winner of Song and Glory. Is, from what I can tell, um a retelling of the seven samurai with a twist that the village they defend is a bunch of dicks huh it, hmm, hmm. <laughs> so let me let me get this straight you compared also, you, hold also, up hold up you compared rashomon to highlander and now you're comparing hercules to seven Sa- Listen, yeah that was actually completely unintentional yeah so <laughs> folks don't ever say that we don't treat these movies with respect we just compared them to two kurosawa films yeah and Kurosawa is one of my favorite ever directed. <laughs> Big time so, favorites. Um, also, uh, important important thing. Uh, the first note in my uh, in my notes about Hercules is all caps. Sweet hat. <laughs> Sweet hat. What? Yeah, because he comes in wearing just like a lion on his head. And oh, you're like, yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, pretty neat. I I wish I had yeah. a lion hat. But yeah, it's it's a a story about Hercules and his band, uh, his ragtag band of like anime guys or something. Like they all have their own shtick that they do, which is I guess pretty cool. Um, I like that they took the Hercules myth and they're like, yeah, he didn't really fight a Hydra. He fought a bunch of dudes in snake hats. Um, I think we reached kinda... our first film where we have a significant disagreement. On <gasps> film. Okay. So, okay, so this movie is not about the 12 labors. It kind of pops yeah. up in, like, the first 15 minutes, maybe. Like, more like first five minutes. And that's kind of it. And then they show, like, the end credits, which I thought were kind of neat as well. Showing, like, oh, here's the quote-unquote realistic way Hercules would have killed him. Here's the thing. Um, I, I, I'm kind of a fan of, like, Greek mythology. Like, you know, just ancient stories and things like that. I've always been a fan of, like, reading them and, like, imagining these... Uh, pardon the pun, Herculean characters, right? <laughs> uh, the, the, this was actually a well-intentioned use of Herculean in this instance because I am a big fan of like the 12 labors of Hercules, like the story, the 12 labors of Hercules, which I think is actually 13 labors. Um, but I digress. <laughs> this movie is not about that stuff. And I feel like they took the stories that people, like the stories that make Hercules Hercules, they kind of took the most important thing away from him. You know, it's like if you took the swords out of Highlander, I feel like that's kind of what happened with Hercules, where if you take uh, the labors out of them, what are you left with? You know, yeah, like that's true. What what made this movie Hercules? And, you know, what would it be any different if you'd named this movie some other Greek name? You know, like 
I don't fucking know, like Papastopoulos or something. I don't know. Actually, there was there was one thing that, because I was thinking, because I yeah I, I agree with you on that. Um, the thing I was trying to think of, like, because there was something that bothered me about it, and I think what bothered me was that they um they let it slip that, uh, like there was no like gods or magic or anything involved really soon in the movie. Yeah. And I think what what would have made it um more enjoyable for me to watch would be. If they had done the same sort of thing that they did in uh, Ver- that Hitchcock did in Vertigo, where they lead you into believing that this movie is going to be something about like the supernatural, and then right when you're fully invested in that, they subvert it with the actually no, it was all a trick. Because um, it like it takes a while in that movie for uh, for you to realize what's actually happening, and I think it would have been more interesting if you believed through more of the movie that Hercules was actually like the son of Zeus. I told you this guy had an MMA in film studies. He just compared it to <laughs> Kurosawa and Hitchcock. Like, duck, my bad. <laughs> like, my, my notes for this film, literally, like, I don't have a lot to say about this film, mostly because I'm a little upset that, you know, they don't have the 12 labors in it. Uh, two of my notes, Durak does his thing. He's fun to watch. And Ian McShane is kind of funny. Like, th- those are my notes. Yeah, I liked him. <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's actually pretty much the extent of uh of what i thought about ian uh, mcshade in this movie because i was like yeah, yeah i like that guy he's already, and actually you know um the other thing that i kind of liked about this um probably me reading way too much into the movie but i really liked that there is the uh the animal guy uh askel henny okay saying that or axel sorry henny um axel as, as the guy who just had severe PTSD. And yes. I kind of liked that him and Hercules both had some of that. Like they're, they like displayed some of the signs of PTSD and they kind of helped each other out. Like I thought that was really, that was really nice. Um, I, I wish there was more of that character. Um, yeah, me too. He, yeah, like his kind of story would have been an interesting way to kind of, you know, path Hercules' story in this a little bit more to kind of compare and contrast the two. But I yeah. just feel like his inclusion in the film again almost made Hercules' inclusion in the film even for like a mythological film it kind of made it a little weird to have Hercules in this movie just kind of reacting as well as he does to most things you know like he's still the rock right like it's the rock doing his thing like it's just a rock he doesn't play anybody else except for Dwayne the Rock Johnson no matter how much fucking hair you put on his face um and at the I end of the day, Dwayne the Tooth Fairy Johnson. That is an insult, sir. I will fight you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. At the end of the day. At the end of the day, I might also just call Vin Diesel Vin the Pacifier Diesel now because you opened <laughs> this can of worms. Um, but yeah, I, I I just feel like because The Rock does the Rock things, he's got to have his moments where he kind of smiles for the kids, and like you know, he's sort of like the ideal ladies manner whatever it is like you know he's just he does like strongman things and all that stuff as well i guess he goes a little american commando while he's training the troops and shit too um i'd say one of the more patriotic films because of that you know um in in more ways than one it's probably one of the best films about america and (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that yes um i just wanted to put that out there and yeah, I just feel like because you have The Rock being that, you can't have a person who genuinely is showing like symptoms of um, PTSD in it. Because then it's just yeah. like, why is The Rock not going through this stuff? You know, what is it about yeah. the person? And it's not played off as if like, oh, it's just because The Rock is a mentally stronger man or anything. That's definitely not the case here. So I don't know. It just, he was great. He felt a little out of place like the rest of the film. There's one thing that I noticed... Um... I mean, I'm I'm not sure how much I should pick this thing apart because you kind of just have to accept it for what it is. This is um, definitely one of those like, films, yeah. Because like, there's some like some of the dialogue is a bit. Uh, it doesn't feel like it matches up, especially when you have John Hurt um, in the movie. Who oh my is god, an John... excellent actor. He's an excellent um, actor. He was fucking garbage in this film, dude. Like, I don't have any nicer words to use for that. It's just like we talked about people in power being fucking inept maybe john hurt was playing in, in that person on purpose but man he just looked like a very bad actor in this film i don't know what it was um i actually i didn't mind him too much it's just that uh, i mean i don't know he's playing generic bad guy like, yeah you're supposed to hate him and you do and it's just like fine it's a waste of talent <laughs> Got him a check. that's what it is oh yeah i thought the cue music was a bit awkward 
which may seem like a, an odd thing to notice, but like some of the times it, because it switched pretty much whenever the, uh, the camera switched. Yeah. Um, so you would have like, uh, Dwayne, the tooth fairy Johnson Ugh. walking into a city and they'd be like, yeah. And then it would pan over and then the movie would, or the, uh, the music would switch to like really sad, depressing music when they're looking at sad, depressing people. Yeah. And just, it didn't, it didn't flow well. It, yeah, that, I don't know. They're just many things about oh, this oh. film don't flow well. It, it's it definitely feels like a film that was made to fill a uh, part of the summer release schedule, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to say uh, again, I'm not sure if I should be picking this part, but uh, <laughs> there were there were two scenes where the rock is supposed to be really, really, really sad. I mean, the two or three. Um, and uh, Are you talk about the one where he's tied up in chains. Yeah, that's one of them. Okay, um, anytime he anytime he thinks about his family and is sad, um, and I just I don't think he's great at showing sadness. Um, but I oh man to be Fuck. to be completely fair about that, I'd have to go back and rewatch something else that he, he's done. Okay, prepare. he was so bad at showing emotions in this film. Which again, hey, you know what? He's supposed to be in a movie to kick ass, all right? Not cry. Um, <laughs> he was showing. Like, he was so bad at showing emotions that when he was screaming out, she's your daughter. I couldn't help but fucking break out laughing. Like, that's just <laughs> the kind of role he's playing here. But I think that 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 and the uh, the animal guy not being explored better, I think those two things, like, if, if those deliveries had been um, more convincing or if they'd gone more into, like... Uh, I, I forgot, by the way, my notes for the uh, the names of them, because yeah, uh, all I... the Greek names confuse me. I have wizard guy, smart guy, animal guy, warrior lady, storyteller, and the tooth fairy. Yeah, you know, um, I, so I like animal... that. I'm going to use that as well. <laughs> um, so uh, the animal guy, if, if they'd explored that a little more, and if they had if they'd made those scenes with the couple scenes with the rock like really convincing, I think they could have given it a lot more emotional depth. Um, but because they they didn't they stuck to their their set pieces it just felt a little like blah yeah yeah um i mean as much as i hate the idea that this entire film was like an atheist's wet dream or something um i do kind of like you know dig how they reveal that like you know a centaur is not really a centaur or like the cerberus wasn't really cerberus like i kind of dig the revelations because i was like okay they at least put some thought into this movie and that's really like again, the I, only place I felt they put some thought into it. Again, though, I think they should have saved all of those and just sort of hit you with them one after another instead of you just like right at the beginning or near yeah. the beginning being like, oh, OK, no magic. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Because if. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I, I actually wholeheartedly agree with you that if this was something that was revealed in like the the hour mark instead of like, you know, the five minute mark. Yeah. I think I would have been a bit more about this film, you know, because if you still have the rock acting the exact same way in the first hour, but the revelation happens an hour in, I still think it works for the kind of character that the rock would be, but alas, that's not what happened with this film. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I also kind of hate the ending of it a little bit, but I also love it at the same time because, yes, it's it's abrupt, and I love the, like, you know, it's just like, okay, that's the end of the story. Peace out, guys, sort of thing. And that was kind of neat because yeah. it's just like, oh, okay, great. They all stand triumphant. There's no happily ever after. It just ends. But at the same time, the thing I fucking hate is, like, the voiceover trying to sell you on this version of Hercules, like, some atheist superhuman and, like, you know, this generation only needs like a believable character over like you know this fantastical mythological superhuman version that actually was like you know a demigod and it's just like man fuck that noise like it's it's like a thousand to couple of thousand year old story you know like leave it be don't try to fucking ruin it that's i was a little i don't know like i mean i guess in in the first yeah go ahead I guess they could be thinking that it's just it's a story that everyone knows or most people should know Yeah. To anyone out there who doesn't know it, who I just yelled at for no reason. Hey, um, hey you know what? You but maybe they were they were just... film to Kurosawa and Hitchcock. <laughs> I think you can be as judgmental as you want this week. <laughs> both both totally fair to those directors. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, did you also notice how like this but... movie 
ends with like this modern music and i just like i fucking hate this new trend with movies like these that always have like some poppy song for the end credits i think the weirdest one for that was it <laughs> this is gonna again be a weird one uh i think the weirdest one for that for a weird ending credit sequence was a slumdog millionaire oh lord don't they have it. their their awful depressing movie <sighs> and like sort of something nice kind of happens at the end and then they're just like musical number <laughs> that, that that movie is a conversation for a different day i don't really like slumdog yeah. millionaire let's not never talk about it again because <laughs> I, I could go on for hours about how much i hate that film but let's leave that alone <laughs> uh you had a couple of points you wanted to make uh nope i actually think i'm out of my points on on hercules uh it's, so yeah it's not a bad any... movie. I just kind of wanted to say, like, you know, just as a generalization or some summarization, I guess, of like, you know, this entire conversation, it feels like an unnecessary film. You know, it's like you took the one part of Hercules' story that everybody kind of relates him with, and you just took it away entirely. You know, like, it didn't really play any part in the film except for like five minutes. And when you take the most important thing away from that character, again, you know, it's just kind of shitty. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Jan. What did you want to add to this? Um, in <laughs> as his voice cracks. Um, <laughs> no, I was just thinking. Uh, would you recommend this movie? Uh, is there any kay. way you would recommend it? <laughs> I guess if you're people. only gonna watch it once, yes. I feel like I'm a little critical of this film because I actually watched it two times. Uh, the first time I watched it in theaters a couple of years ago with a few friends, and then the second time for the purposes of speaking about it on the show. And I feel like the second time is when I started asking questions out of a film that you really should never ask questions out of, you know, and that's really what the problem is. Uh, if you have like 90 minutes to spare on it, I guess. Yeah, like it's, you know, it's, it's whatever it is, what it is. It's the rock doing his thing in again. Ian McShane kind of has his moments as like this funny guy trying to like foretell his death and, <laughs> like you know, stuff like that. Um don't expect much else from the movie though like everything else is pretty forgettable um like all the other characters like i frankly just i don't know i had some like problems with all of them to be honest with you like they yeah. all seem to have such great backstories in this crew and yet we don't really ever get any sort of like extended exposition you know for like what's going on with them you, you like yeah, how i tied I... it into almost our full name there it's, it's cool right Exposition. i do i i do i I'm, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down thank you um i did like all their acting i mean it was fine the acting's okay against it like it, it's just a safe film though and like yeah. we like yeah. we talked about this in the first week right like what do we consider movies that we like um they yeah. don't have to be good movies like i love bad movies as well because of how bad they can be but this is one of those films that just kind of falls in the middle where it's like, you know, you watch it once and you kind of forget about it for pretty much forever, unless you're yeah. in our position. And it was just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I don't think like, you know, it's that bad, but I just feel like it's too safe, you know? And Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, it would fall into a an old story told in a new way. But I don't think I think they needed to well to make like the the changes that we were talking about I think would have made it into a movie that I could go like yeah it's it's a pretty cool movie you should I, check it out I but like your I think, idea I do I think the way that they have it set up or they did set it up is um it just it's like a it's a summer blockbuster that like I would have been happy to miss I think yeah I I mean if we didn't talk about it I think people would have just forgotten about it for the rest of their lives you know like yeah. <laughs> perfect example uh people are never going to call rock hercules or dwayne the rock hercules johnson or whatever you know it's dwayne like, the tooth fairy <sighs> <laughs> people are going to call him dwayne the tooth fairy johnson there we go dwayne hercules johnson fuck <laughs> the rock was cool right when i was watching wrestling in the 90s the rock was cool i promise you guys I, I really like him. He seems like such a cool guy. Yeah. Um, oh, so there's then... one thing I do like about this film that's actually not from the film itself. It's actually from an interview that Dwayne Toothberry Johnson did. Do you know where I'm going with this? No, I just like that you're saying the Toothberry. I, yeah, reluctantly <laughs> saying it. Uh, according to Dwayne the Toothberry Johnson, Yay. his beard was made of uh, yak testicle hair. I'm also kind of laughing at the fact that uh, my notes and I accidentally wrote bear was made of yak testicle. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> uh, okay. That's the small things in life that, you know, make it but worth then, living. So the other thing that is, this is really weird for me because I didn't particularly love the movie. Yeah. It's whatever you want to say about the Highlander, it definitely told a new story. Hey, that shit was bonkers. <laughs> Fucking crazy and, uh, bonkers. And I, at the end of the day, I also want to say Highlander had a great aesthetic to it as well. And uh, a lot of that does have to do with, like, the contrast between, like, modern-day New York and, like, you know, the, the past, I guess. But it is really well-designed. I think that it, I think that's one of the reasons I still love it as much. And uh, okay, before, before you say what you thought of it, because, well, yeah, <laughs> probably going to be more nuanced than mine. Um I think if someone was asking me, like, should I watch The Highlander? I would say it's worth watching because it's a cultural touchstone. It's become a thing that people know, and it's worth knowing where, like, the phrase comes from. Um, but I'm not, I didn't love it. It's weird. Listen. I mean, I think you're completely correct to, to categorize it as weird and creepy. Best creepy movie ever, dude. Like, um, just saying, like you know? I, I don't think I would watch it twice, I think. I, I would. I mean, I have watched it multiple times at this point, um, yeah. but I have had to take a couple of years between watches. It's not like a yearly thing for me, you know, so I kind of feel you on that. Um, before we end the show, uh, I just also wanted to say one last thing about this Hercules film, which doesn't really have much to do with the movie itself. It has more to do with the marketing of the film that I wasn't um, a big fan of upon reading it, at least. And I wish I'd known about this, you know, prior to actually watching it in theaters and things like that as well. This comic is, or sorry, this movie is actually based off a comic uh, that was created by the late Stephen Moore. And um, this was actually the center of some controversy with this film because uh, what ended up happening is he was never paid for his work on the comic book. And he wanted his name disassociated with it. Unfortunately, he passed away before... Um, any of that could be resolved and the problem is is that the studio actually started uh, using his name as like in memory of and things like that and it's it's a little bit of a dick sleazy move. dick move yeah and um, just know about know that about like you know certain things about Hollywood it's not all sunshine lollipops um, and again like you know it's just too safe of a film um, stuff yeah. like this happened with it it doesn't have much going for it you know and like something like this comes out it can't like it can't help it out at all you know so yeah, yeah. sorry for picking this movie this week guys <laughs> kind of a downer well, i mean fun to talk about though yeah i, I mean, kind of want it's... like that's the thing i kind of wanted to pick this movie for us because we're gonna have to talk about some mediocre films down the road right like we're not always just gonna talk about like the greatest movies ever made because there's only so many of those movies, so we got to pad this shit out a little bit. And um, I mean, as as I said that I wouldn't I wouldn't mind having missed it, but um, it is also I should point out that um, it doesn't I think I don't think it quite gets to that trough right before you get to like hilariously bad movies. Yeah, I think like it's still it's it's competent. It it does its action movie thing well. I think it's a uh, you know, if you want to go and sit in a theater and turn your brain off like that, yeah, fine. It's, it's a, it, yeah, it was almost there. Though. It was almost there. Uh, there was that cool moment where The Rock screams out, I am Hercules. And it's like this really <laughs> cheesy fucking moment that yeah. fits in perfectly with like what I thought this movie should have been. Unfortunately, yeah. the rest of it wasn't. So that's the two movies for this episode of Exposition. Um yeah, congrats, man. We made it past two episodes. Or we did it. Yeah, over one episode, I think. That should be an achievement in and of itself. <laughs> uh, to our <laughs> listeners, that's not a hint as to what the next film is. Uh, we nope. might talk Rocky down the road, just not yet. That's, you know, maybe for Creed 2. We'll see. <laughs> thanks for being here this time, Jan. Thanks, everyone. Oh, yeah, but thanks, everyone, but me, right? Yeah. Not even going to thank me. Didn't ask no. me how I felt at the beginning. Now you're not going to nope. thank me. <laughs> it's because I'm a great friend. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, everybody. Hey, 
Hey everybody, if you're a fan of the show and would like to continue to support us, please like and subscribe our podcast on iTunes or look us up on SoundCloud using Exposition. We would like to give a huge shout out to the extremely talented Steely Chan, the Vancouver-based DJ sibling duo who created the hype music for our show, and please give them a follow on SoundCloud and Facebook at Steely Chan, that's S-T-E-E-L-Y Chan. Also, you can find them on Twitter at ST. 33LYCHAN. A big thank you also goes out to Jackie Lee for designing our logo. Be sure to check out her website, JackieLeeArt.ca. That's J-A-C-K-I-E-L-E-E-Art.ca. You can also follow her work on Instagram at JackieDrinksCoffee. And lastly, thank you, the audience, for giving us a listen. And if you'd like to join in on the conversations, you can follow us on Facebook at Exposition or on Twitter at Explosions, that's with an S at the end, where you can also stay up to date on the latest news surrounding our podcast. And we look forward to hearing from you.